We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. And with me, as always, my co-host, partner in crime, fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, when last we were on the microphone Monday evening, we were on the the eve before, basically, we got to hear from uh, George Payton. We got to hear from Sean Payton. That's still going to be hard to like not get those two confused as we march further into the 2023 season. But they did, of course, Tuesday. Lots been said. MHH, all our different pods. We've done a good job of covering all the different areas. But first things first, I wanted to to ask you about and then we'll get to some of the buzz and rumors and things we picked up but was there anything in particular that jumped out to you about either Peyton's uh, Tuesday presser um I think George was a little more forthcoming than he was last year I don't know if it's the synchronicity of working with Sean Payton but he said that we need to upgrade the O-line he was pretty blunt about Jerry Judy blunt about Randy Gregory we've covered almost every talking point in detail Typical George Payton press conference, typical Sean Payton press conference, but I'm still trying to discern what those look like. He's only been the head coach for about a month now, not even. So we don't, we're still getting used to, we're still on, you know, the, the early terms with Sean, but I thought they provided good information and um, a lot of noteworthy stuff as we prepare for free agency in the draft. I was frankly surprised. It's weird because I kind of expected Sean Payton to be a little bit more Belichickian in terms of, you know, riddles, cards close to the vest, so to speak. But like in many ways, he's been significantly more open than I anticipated. And just one small example of that, Zach, is what he said about um, Matt Patricia, which he did not have to comment anything about like possibilities of the future. He could have just said, oh, yeah, you know, when they he was asked about, hey, you were interested in Matt Patricia. What was that about? Or whatever the question was, you could have been like, yeah, Matt's a great coach. We loved having him in for an interview. Um, ended up going with Vance next question. But instead he goes, well, I wouldn't rule out Matt Patricia coming to work uh, in Denver quite yet. So it's kind of refreshing, honestly, but it's, it's like you said, trying to get a vibe, trying to get a, a beat on 
how he conducts his pressers, how much info is actually there to sink your teeth into and how much of it is uh, coach speak. Uh, one thing I love is his sense of humor as well. I mean, he has a really engaging way with the media when he has an audience. Uh, he said he admitted that the Broncos were interested in Vic Fangio for defensive coordinator and said, but you guys scared him away, meaning the media. I thought that was a nice little exchange. And also when he's asked about Joe Lombardi and hiring him, he said he always knew that Lombardi was going to come aboard on the Broncos coaching staff, but he didn't know whether Lombardi would play bass, drums, or another, you know, another part of the band, so to speak. So I love the way he speaks in analogies. I love his sense of humor. I like his personality, but then again, Nathaniel Hackett had a good personality too. So I'm really interested and excited and looking forward to the Broncos getting on the field and proving it where it matters. Remember, many truths are said in jest. What does that mean? A lot of times people will tell you things, and this goes for like everyday life stuff. All right, remember that phrase. Many a truths are said in jest. You know, maybe it's a friend that's kind of busting your cojones over something, and it sounds mean, but he says it with a laugh and a smile, and like, so it makes you feel like he's kidding. But in reality, like, there's some there there. He's maybe like actually trying to come at you. In the case of Vic Fangio and what Sean Payton had to say, I believe that. I believe a big reason why. The dream team, as we heard about before, you know, this is what back in December. Uh, the reason Vic Fangio did not follow Sean Payton to the Mile High City was he was anticipating. Look, I might not have to talk to these guys till the summer or whatever training camp, but I'm going to get all those stupid questions from all those freaking reporters that I got to know for three years, and just the, you know, the ignominy of having to answer questions now as an assistant from these same guys and people who perceived me just a couple years ago as the guy. And I don't, I'm, I don't want that smoke. I'm going to take the Dolphins, John. I also think Vic dug his own grave. He wasn't easy to work with. His players grumbled, and there was a, a, a faction divide in the locker room between offense and defense. And what did Vic say? He, you know, he burned the bridge himself when he walked out the door. He said, I'll, ha I'll have another job in five minutes. And then when he was asked why the Broncos weren't successful, he goes, you need a quarterback to win in the NFL, just knocking Drew and knocking Teddy Bridgewater. He was very tone deaf. So it worked out the way it worked out. I didn't want Vance Joseph back, but I feel like the the media firestorm or the fan firestorm with Vic coming back would have been something that Sean Payton did not want to handle. And uh, it just worked out that he doesn't have to. It was interesting to hear what, uh, by the way, Mike, love you, big dog. Great to see you. Appreciate the support as always. Still rocking the Buckham t-shirt. In uh, the profile pic, love that, guys. Just go to mhhmerch.com, get yourself one of those Buckham T-shirts. Like hotcakes, they've been moving. Uh, Albert in the house as well. Good evening. Right back at you, my brother. Um, no, 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 says, no. You got to pronounce good evening. Oh, man. Golden Avond. Golden Avond. Alamal. Golden Avond. Alamal. I'm no I good at that. It. But uh, – Love you, big dog. <laughs> Biggest, most intriguing coaching hire of these coaches. Who's who's intrigued you the most? You know, not counting Sean Payton. Um, I I got to most intriguing. I mean, they're safe choices. I, I do like Lombardi pickup. Again, you're getting coaches that were in previous higher titles. You're getting them for lesser roles. I would say, though, intriguing, boomer bust, high risk, high reward. It's been said in the comments a few times now by Michael and Seth Davis Webb. 
You're talking about a quarterback coach that's six years younger than the starting quarterback. You're talking about a quarterback's coach who threw his last pass a few months ago. He's freshly retired, and he retired to join the Broncos and their firestorm with Russell Wilson. So it has to be um, Davis Webb or maybe on the offensive side as well, a lesser-known coach that was brought aboard is Logan Kilgore. And I feel like I'm the only one who's pounding that table, but a guy who's worked with Arch Manning, a guy who worked in college under Butch Jones at Arkansas State, he's done some good things. And I like the different minds and different brain capacities they're bringing to the table for us. It might trigger people, and it might not actually answer this question for Albert in exactly the way he was hoping, but I got to tell you that I think the Vance Joseph hire is intriguing. You might not like it. You might not love it, but it is intriguing. Just the storyline in and of itself on, you know, similar to the same kind of uh, perception issues that Vic was weighing when he decided, nah, I'm going to go uh, take the job in Miami. You know, Vance said, no, I'll, I'll accept those. I'm going to come back to Denver and face that firing squad. Zach, it was interesting. I don't know if you caught this, but, you know, we've talked a lot about where uh, Vance Joseph's defenses as a coordinator have ranked and averaged overall 20th in the NFL in scoring in the five years he's been a defensive coordinator. Peyton was asked, Sean Peyton, why he ended up going with Vance Joseph. And it was interesting because he referenced Arizona. He said, in the end, quote, there were a few things that I felt Vance was going to bring, not necessarily because he had experience in Denver, but really more about what he was able to do, believe it or not, in Arizona. That was a tough job for a number of years. We're excited to have him, et cetera, et cetera. So, Zach, I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but what uh, what he did in Arizona apparently was impressive to Sean Payton. What I was saying was, what else is Sean Payton going to say? I mean, it boils down to coach speak. You just hired your DC. You went through a vetting process, and you determined that VJ was the number one guy. He mentioned that he likes VJ's attacking style, his 3-4, you know, very aggressive defensive system maybe he also meant the free agents that vance can bring with him from arizona zach allen defensive end being one if the broncos let draymond jones walk maybe zach allen follows vance to the mile high city we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil, down in Tucson. Love you, big dog. Appreciate your support, as always, my friend. Uh, he says, good evening, Priest and Deacon Scott. Great interview chat on Punk World Radio. Oh, yeah, that's right. Go Broncos. Hashtag Buckham. That's with a B, YouTube. Well, thank you for watching that, Phil. Appreciate it. If you guys want uh, any insight on Bridge the Gap, the origins, what's coming for my little uh, hobby band, go check it out. Maybe a little bit more than a hobby band, but... Uh, the amount of time that gets put into it is a hobby status. Anyway, appreciate that, Phil. Uh, David Kilgore in the house with the super chat. Breaking the ice tonight on YouTube. DK, love you, big dog. Still big fan of your YouTube profile pick. He says, I like Logan Kilgore too, especially since he is a relative. Oh, I follow K-State. I hope we can draft Deuce Vaughn. Looks a lot like Darren Sproles. Appreciate you, David. Are you really a relative, though, to Logan, or are you just making a joke because of the same last name? It'd be interesting, though, if you were. And, you know, someone like uh, Vaughn at running back, it could help the Broncos out if they go that direction, but free agency could be their friend. I think they bring back Latavius Murray. And interestingly, we talked about the press conference. George Payton was very blunt, and he said outright that we have Chase Edmonds coming back. I don't know if we should read into that or if that was just – GM speak, but Chase Edmonds is still under contract, but he has a very significant cap figure that the Broncos can clear. I think it's five or six million bucks, something like that. But for him to say that means he's part of the room uh, as of now. See, even his comments on that subject, notwithstanding, like I will be shocked if by the time you get to uh, the season, if if he's still on the roster, Chase Edmonds, that he's making that money, like six million bucks. We were complaining a couple of years ago when the Broncos paid Melvin Gordon $8 bucks a year. And Chase Edmonds, I mean, as far as production in the league relative to that, I know it's not $6 million is obviously less than $8 million, But for what – I mean, I guess if you could keep him healthy and keep him available, and I'm sure Sean Payton – you know, that's the, the other component to this, Zach, is Sean Payton might have come to, to Denver and looked at the roster and was like, yeah, this Edmonds guy, let's not worry so much about that contract because I see some things I can do with this cat in my scheme. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, again, whether to read into that as a uh, fate accompli, or it's just him saying that because it's, you know, March 2nd and not September 2nd, but I feel like Edmonds was a throw in, in that Bradley Chubb trade from Miami. They wanted his salary off the books. The Broncos were decimated at running back. Chase Edmonds has a very injury prone past. And what happened when he came to Denver he got injured and missed time. They need reliability in the backfield. That's why I think they go back to Latavius Murray, who would come cheap. He is reliable, and he knows Sean Payton. It's the perfect hold, holdover or hold-in, stand-in for Javante Williams while he mends that multi-ligament knee injury. But going back to what uh, David said, if they want to go for a running back, I think Vaughn could be a nice choice. I'm here for uh, Latavius Murray. I mean, he's good, but just... He's a good first down, second down, but eventually, if the Broncos don't have other answers offensively, he's a guy that you can quickly uh, neutralize. But I'm hopeful that 
that whole thing, that ball of wax, it's going to come undone, and the offense is going to uh, become complementary once again. What did you make, Zach, of Sean Payton? And we'll get to some rumors here in just a minute. Uh, but what did you make of Sean Payton's kind of defense of Russell Wilson? Where I can I can give you the exact quote, what he said, or at least part of it. Uh, he said, quote, it was a tough year. Someone said it last night. I forget what I was watching. If they have success last year, the Broncos, I don't think the upstairs meeting room matters to anybody. In other words, Russ having a, uh, an office. I don't think it matters because I didn't see any articles from any of you prior to week one or two, and that was happening. That's what happens when you lose. Everything gets looked at closely, including the coaching. We'll have a way of doing business. I think it'll be what I'm familiar with and what's best for the players. Close quote. So, Zach, we know one of those things is we're not letting personal private coaches in the building really to engage on uh, what we're doing here with the Broncos. But maybe kind of a feeble defense, but it was kind of in the in, on the subject anyway of his – having the office upstairs, is that still going to carry forward? And But it's still, it was good to see him defend Russ, even in kind of an indirect way. Yeah, that's what I like about Sean Payton, his personality. He has a way of being very confident and inspiring and diffusing a room while also not being a pie-in-the-sky optimist like Nathaniel Hackett. He's a realist. And when he was talking about Russell Wilson, he talked about the dinner they had with Joe Montana. I think it was last month. And um, what I got out of that context was what was said at that table benefited Russell Wilson. The message got across. They've been in constant communication. They've been text messaging. And Peyton was real with what he said, that he hasn't seen Rush russ much face to face because it's that time of the year after the season where players get away but they are in communication they have been text messaging and russ told sean when he was hired i want you to coach me hard and one of the things that russ recently put on social media was a picture of him on a beach or whatever he looks slimmer he looks more checked in he looks like he's buying in to the program and that's the immediate effect you have when you hire a coach of sean payton's caliber <laughs> All right, let's uh, – in the chat real quick, I uh, want to jump here to Tom jumping in. Thank you, buddy. Great to see you. He says, guys, when do you think Denver makes cuts, and when do we have to be under the cap? Can we sign and be over until the season starts? Uh, what is it? The top 51 contracts right now are all that counts, and that's until something in sometime in August, I want to say. But as far as cuts are concerned, one thing to keep in mind is what is the numbers Zach? 17 free agents uh, that are hitting the, yeah. hitting the market from the Broncos. So those guys, you know, we, we can go through some of them and, and figure out who might be re-signed. Alex Singleton, Draymond Jones are probably the two most uh, scrutinized guys. But um, as far as cuts are concerned, that probably happens. The new league year opens uh, basically in two weeks. So, We'll, we'll probably see any of the contracts that they don't that they want them to take a step back. Like if it's Graham Glasgow, they might just straight cut him or they might ask him to restructure. Garrett Bowles maybe even. I would expect if any of those dominoes are going to fall, they're going to probably fall sometime between now and what's the official date? Is it March 14th, 15th, 15th the new league year? So your thoughts. 
I think the league year has already begun at the combine and those conversations are already taking place. And this is where Sean and George, I'm going to, it's easier to call them that than Peyton and Peyton for whatever reason, they're meeting together there and still forming the staff, the coaching staff, but also moving on to the free agent part of the process and the roster building part of the process. They can quickly shed some salary cap. You mentioned one cut candidate in Graham Glasgow. Uh, we mentioned another one already in Chase Edmonds and also Ronald Darby. That's an easy one for me that I would make. They can quickly be $40 million under the salary cap if they make those three moves and can spend on whoever they want. But we'll start knowing uh, more. The picture will become clear, and we'll be, we'll be having more activity, like Chad said, in the next couple weeks. Um, I see one here. Actually, let's see what. Yes, we. Do. I do want to actually uh, see that. Scott, about Javante when the time is right. Phil saying, since Draymond Jones is testing the market, is there any chance he stays in Denver? I think there's a chance he stays. But in these situations, usually, um, you know, when a team allows a player to test the market, it's usually yeah. what happens more often than not. It's not an absolute. But what happens more often than not is indeed that player ends up finding a market that is more uh, bearish, uh, pardon me, bullish for their, his services than the Broncos or their original team uh, envisioned. In other words, Draymond's probably going to find a lot more money out there on the open market than currently the Broncos are willing to pay. So that being the case, is there still a chance he stays in Denver? Yes, if you want to believe what Sean and, uh, and, and George Payton are telling you that their conversations have been positive and all that. That to me is all coach speak, GM speak. I, it's whatever. I'm kind of 50-50 right now, Zach, as far as chance. If you ask me, what are the chances Draymond comes back? I mean, I actually might be more like 60-40. He's gone. I think I'm right there with you. Maybe 55-45 because the Broncos do have the franchise tag as unlikely as that uh, seems right now. It's been a heated debate on Twitter whether the Broncos should pony up 18-19 a year for Draymond, who I feel is a good player, but is he elite? Does he deserve elite money? Is he in that tier one with Aaron Donald and Jeffrey Simmons? I don't see it yet. You know, he had six and a half sacks last year. He loved the Broncos, I think, in uh, tackles for loss, despite finishing the year on IR. But we never really saw that step forward from Draymond that would warrant a huge payday from the Broncos. And I feel like they like him, but they don't love him. And if you love a player, you commit to him, it would be a done deal already. But they're going to let him go out there, shop his wares, find the best deal. And if he gets lowball offers, they'll say, hey, Dre, come back. We'll talk. Let's negotiate. But if he gets what he's seeking, which reports say could be $70 million over a four- or five-year deal, I don't know that the Broncos pony that up. And I think that money, you can make the case, Chad, that money would be better allocated toward a Mike McGlinchey or a Kayla McGarry or a Juwan Taylor especially where Draymond just I wouldn't quite call it failure to thrive but like he hasn't really blossomed beyond being that really good one-dimensional interior pass rusher in terms of consistency he's had his games and you go all right he's starting to turn a corner and then you know regression right back to the mean uh Pearl will Javante Williams come back that's a good question he will come back the question is what version of Javante Williams will the Broncos get back and this is something that uh, George Payton talked about. Let's grab it real quick. Uh, well, we have Scott. a long ways to go. I mean, we ended up, I don't know how many backs played. I look at my depth chart, we have like nine running backs. Um, so we obviously, we, we had a lot of injuries there. Um, 
Javante, we feel will be healthy. We need to add. Uh, you know, we're high on some of the guys that are up, the, some of the free agents. We do have Chase Edmonds coming back, but uh, we do need to add at that position. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, I think he's on track. You know, I don't want to put a date on it, but uh, he's out there jogging. He, he's, he's working his, you know, his butt off. He's rehabbing. And, um, you know, Javante, uh, they anticipate he, he would be ready for the start of the season. So that's what they're saying publicly. The public-facing message for the Broncos on the Javante subject, Zach, is that we cautiously optimistic he'll be ready to go by the season opener. But I would not be surprised if behind closed doors it's probably looking more like second quarter of the season in terms of really being able to have him make an impact. And then we'll grab David. Yeah, re-watching that video, George Payton didn't inspire that much confidence in his body language and mannerisms when discussing Javante. They anticipate him being ready, but how could he be? If it was just an ACL, I'd say, okay, week one would be a legit um, target date, but it's not just an ACL. He tore three significant ligaments in that knee, and he did so in October. It's encouraging that he's running. He said recently as well that the, he's done everything that they've asked him to do. But do you rush him back? We all want to see Pookie. We all want to see the pre-injury form of Pookie and what he could be. But if you rush him back too early, he might have a career-threatening re-aggravation of that knee. So I think they're going to you know, explore their options, and they have to have a plan B. That's why they said they have to add to the spot because Javante, you mentioned it as well, could be a PUP candidate. Sit him for six games and then go from there. It wouldn't be the worst thing. It, you know, I'd rather him be as cl- close to 100% as possible when he does make his debut. And even when he yeah. does, whether it's to open the season or if they put him on the pup and he starts somewhere you know, halfway through the second quarter of the season, you just want him to be as close to him as possible. Uh, there are a lot of other running backs out there. I mean, that's, that's a rich position regardless of the draft, regardless of free agency. Every year you can find good guys. We'll see about finding good guys for the Peyton scheme and what he's got cooked up. But David jumping in again. Thank you, brother. He says, what about Jacobs, Zach? Do we have a, I think it means, means to say a legit shot. So Josh Jacobs, I, I assume is who he's talking about here, who, you know, there's still rumors that the Raiders could franchise tag him, but uh, what say you? Well, Sean Payton tried recruiting him publicly that <laughs> he's such a great player and he sh- he might play with the Broncos in 2023. I love Josh Jacobs and I hate seeing what he does to the Broncos. I just feel a team is going to overpay for his services and that team will not be the Broncos. How could you? I, I mean, you have needs all throughout the roster, including up front, a new guard, a center and a right tackle. How do you pay 10, 12, 13, 14 a year for a running back when you have Javante, who will be playing at some point this year? You can bring back Latavius Murray for a one-year deal. You can draft a running back for cheap. I don't see the Broncos throwing money at a tier one running back like a Jacobs, a Tony Pollard, a Miles Sanders. I think they go in the clearance bin at that position. Tom jumping in again. Thank you, bro. He says, I'd rather pay Zach Allen eight 
uh, eight a year, eight million a year, then Draymond seventeen and spend a lot on the line. Means the O line, center and guard, right tackle is a huge need, but center and guard are cheaper. Yeah, I feel you on that, and that's where priorities have to be kind of organized uh, accordingly because you've got DJ Jones still coming back as your anchor. And you can even still bring back Mike Purcell, who's under contract in 2023. So there's two out of three starters. You would really only be replacing one guy. And maybe you would lack some of that interior uh, push as far as the pass rush is concerned. But, you know, you can find that find that help elsewhere. And on the subject of right tackle, Zach, one of the rumors that are floating around uh, from the combine, you, you're seeing some of the other aggregation sites like PFF and other places link Jawan Taylor, the Jacksonville Jaguars free agent to the Broncos. Obviously, it's not just because, Zach, the Broncos have a, a big need there and, and a hole to fill, but the Jaguars have a couple of – they're pretty flush at that position. You know, if the Broncos are the poor uh, poor at tackle, the Jaguars have, have been rich, at least right now. So Taylor may be expendable for them because they've got Cam Robinson and uh, – Who's the other guy? Walker Just, Little. The kid from Stanford. Yes. Is it Stanford? Stanford. Uh, so anyway, what do you think? Do you think there's some teeth to that rumor of Jawan Taylor landing in Denver? You know, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. I read something really interesting the other day that the Jags actually want to prioritize keeping Taylor and maybe moving one of their other tackles. I'll take whoever they want to give up at this point because they would all be upgrades on what the Broncos trotted out last year. I can get behind this line of thinking, though. The premise is, do you save a little money by letting Dre walk and using that money to sign a cheaper fill-in replacement like a Zach Allen and the savings to add to your line? You need a guard, a, a, a center, and a right tackle. So if the question boils down to Zach Allen and Juwan Taylor or just Draymond Jones, I got to go option A. I feel a little uneasy, Chad, paying Draymond $18 million a year. I don't think he's earned that yet. He hasn't had a 10-sack season. He, he hasn't been a first-team All-Pro. How do you justify splurging on a player like that? He's not irreplaceable. He's not PS2. Exactly. David Wilder jumping in. Good to see you, big dog. Hope you're back on your feet uh, with everything that's been going on. I'm connected with David on Facebook, so I've seen some of the some of the things he's been dealing with lately. So glad to see you're at least feeling good enough to join us in the conversation tonight, David. Great to see you. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. I am interested in who the Broncos are going to get as a quarterback too. Hashtag MHH for life. Buck them with a B and Denver Broncos for life. That's awesome, bro. Well, it, it comes down to Zach priorities once again. The Broncos have one of the most expensive quarterbacks already in the league uh, in Russell Wilson. So do you want to go out and spend, if we talk about backup quarterbacks as its own category, do you want to go spend tier one backup quarterback money? If you do, then go out and get Jaco uh, Jacoby Brissett. That would solve a lot of problems and give, you know, help you sleep at night a little bit better relative to any misgivings you might still have uh, with regard to Russ. But if you don't want to spend that tier one money at, on a backup quarterback, tier one backup quarterback money, then you know you you might have to make some exceptions and and um, whatnot. But is there who are, who are some of the names you might like, Zach? If the Broncos had a hundred million in cap space, I'd say yeah, you know, f it, spend the money, go get a Brissette, go get a Taylor Heineke. As much as I would like them, you're pretty good with Russ. He had three injuries last year and he missed two games. He's pretty durable. The backup quarterback is like you said a um, a fail safe where you can sleep a little better at night. 
Here's what's going to happen, though. Jameis Winston is going to be the Broncos' backup quarterback in 2023. He's going to get cut from New Orleans. He'll be on a one-year deal. He worked under Sean Payton. He actually looked pretty reinvented under Payton as well, and that's where I would go. I would get you know, obviously Brett Rippon's a goner. I would sign Jameis or someone like that to a one-year cheap deal, and I would use a late-round flyer on a quarterback as well. So you have Russ, you have a veteran backup, and a young guy in the pipeline who you can develop for the future. Duke Rose jumping in. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate that super chat. He says, mile high salute, fellas. Right back at you, big dog. Appreciate that super chat. Connect with us on our other social media, Twitter, Facebook. Um, great to see you. Appreciate you. With the Broncos, I think, you know, the Sean Payton probably wants – I think he's excited genuinely about the prospect of working with Russell Wilson. Last season, you know, hey – took a step back, but I think most coaches that are of the offensive ilk would be stoked to have a nine-time pro bowler entering his 12th year uh, as his quarterback. But look, Russ got banged up a couple times last year. You mentioned it, Zach, Sean Payton, for the sake of comfort, he might want to go back to the well with somebody he knows, someone he's coached, someone he's had a little success with in that space. As far as having to turn to someone as a backup to carry the load for a minute, could be Teddy Bridgewater, could be Jameis. There are other names. Um, Including someone we're familiar with, by the way, who was traded in the Russell Wilson deal to Seattle. Would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know how much I don't know how much of a Peyton guy he is ultimately. That'd be fun though, wouldn't it? It would. I mean, it would be uh, bringing back some of those same kind of concerns Vic had. Like, I don't know if I want to come back and deal with all those storylines. Drew Locke coming back to Denver as a backup to Russ, man, that would be a freaking circus, dude. Absolute circus. What's Trevor Simeon up to? Because Simeon even looked pretty good in New Orleans under Sean Payton. I think he played under Payton in 2021. 2021 uh, so, was his last year in New Orleans as far as Sean Payton. So, yes. I'm pretty sure and Simeon I, was there. So, I always liked Mr. Skittles jacket. I wouldn't mind having him back as a veteran, you know, fail safe. I think that win, what was it, 16 might have been 17, but that if you guys remember that uh, Broncos victory in New Orleans, it took like a two-point – Block know, extra a, point yeah, return block for extra two. Point that was crazy. Points. Like, Will Parks and that, that could have been what impressed Sean Payton about Trevor Simeon. I don't know. He was just a gamer, man. Like, I'm a big Trevor Simeon fan. I'll always be. Uh, okay. So, as far as uh, the chat real quick – just wanted to say hello. We, we kind of jumped right into topics as we got things rolling, but um, at the top of the show, appreciate everybody joining us tonight. I'm seeing some comments. Yeah, kind of a sleepy chat tonight. It's kind of been that way as far as just the Bronco conversation the last three or four days. Zach, I don't know if it's um, maybe people, just fans, just kind of being like, well, hey, all the tentpole moments for now uh, have happened as far as the coaching rumors, all that. And they're maybe just kind of like wake us up when free agency rolls around. Tends kind of can happen. You know, the NFL calendar has its ups and downs, but uh, shout out uh, to the Papa Bears in the chat. We got the Duchess in the chat. Great to see everybody. Phil wants to know I was reading the Broncos could offer a player and a late round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. What do you guys think, Zach? 
I saw Sua Cravens, former Broncos legend on Twitter, saying they have to get this done, but Hopkins is going to go for a second rounder, reportedly. And the Broncos, last I checked, don't have a second rounder. Phil, I, I like the the mentality stacking on offense, but you have three really solid receivers, four if you count K.J. Hamler. You don't have to add to that position and also take on the contract and baggage of DeAndre Hopkins. I would pass and uh, shore up the O-line first before I add to the receiver room. Colby, Triple C in the hizzy, saying Ben Busy with work had norovirus. Hashtag Denver Bronx for life, MHH for life. Well, bro, we're glad that you could take a minute to be with us. Um, Zach, I'm not sure what that means, norovirus. Let me Google it. But uh, Colby, thing, apparently. brother, hope you're, hope you're back on your feet. Great to see you. You know you're a big part of our community, especially on Facebook. Uh, Tom. Again, he wants to know, Nick Mullins or Cooper Rush, cheap. Um, I could see Mullins coming in and being like a sneaky option for Sean Payton. What do you think? Well, if this was 2019, I would love Nick Mullins, but it's not. And uh, his uh, star has considerably lessened since then. Cooper Rush could be, he doesn't play any other position, but I feel like he could be like the Taysom Hill for Sean Payton as the backup quarterback. He did some decent things in Dallas. He is still young and athletic. I actually would not mind that on a one-year deal. Um, Sean Payton was talking quite a bit on Tuesday about just mobile quarterbacks and like the Eagles QB sneak stuff that they like to do on short yardage situations. And I think he's having visions in his head of a lot of like perhaps innovative ways to capitalize on Russell Wilson's mobility still entering what will be his age 35 season. So wouldn't surprise me if whatever backup quarterback ends up coming in to hold that clipboard has some of that kind of a skill set. David, bro, top rope super Thank chat. You, Thank you, big dog, helping us keep the lights on. You rule. You're a prince. Super chat superstar himself, DK, says, I agree, Zach, about backup, but honestly, I would love to have a young guy. Wilson is in his 30s. I would really like to go after Zach Wilson for a sixth rounder. Would you all be up for that, especially since uh, Sean Payton has good history with quarterbacks? Well, hey, I would take Zach Wilson for a six-round pick, but no one's trading him. No Jets, if they traded him, they're going to get more than a six-round pick. Even at this stage where he has kind of failed to launch, Zach is a highly touted top Top five pick? He was top five, wasn't he? Or is he just outside the top five? Either way, top ten pick. I mean, I wouldn't even go after Zach Wilson if he was a free agent. Why would you give up a draft pick for all of that baggage? You're talking about a quarterback who might have been David Card. And what I mean by that is mentally shot at a young point in his career. He's not overly good. He's still a work in progress. You want your backup to be a plug-and-play, instant competent, capable quarterback who could step in at a moment's notice and handle the offense and not have to worry about it, set and forget. Jacoby Brissett would be that. Taylor Heineke would be that. Even Jameis Winston would be that. Zach Wilson, I want nothing to do with. GLP, the swashbuckler himself. What's up, Gary? Great to see you, brother. Good evening right back at you. MHH for life and Buckham with a B. Great to see you, big dog. Thank you. Um, means a lot to us. You know that, Gary. Mike Stafford jumping in with a super chat. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Very kind of you, big dog, to uh, throw down a super. He says, I'd like us to try and trade Ronald Darby 
for a couple of picks. So if you could trade Darby, which if memory serves, you know, he's set to make somewhere around $10 million, uh this year, which isn't the worst as far as a number two cornerback with possible, you know, borderline cornerback one potential. Problem is you can't keep him on the field. So what does that do for his value on the trade market, especially when teams around the league, Zach, they know the Broncos are probably right. going to cut him anyway. Um, but what's your answer for uh, or your response here to to Mike? He's also coming off a season-ending injury. So I would take a bottle of water for Ronald Darby, but I don't think the Broncos would even get that. He's, he's a prime off-season release candidate, and the Broncos would be best served moving on and saving – 10 or $11 million against the salary cap. That could be two players they add with the cost of one Darby cap hit. They have their built-in replacement already on the roster, in my opinion, in Damari Mathis. Move on and turn the page. All right. Uh, we are at 36 minutes, so we're, we're making pretty good time here. Um, Phil wants to know, Zach, if my browser will play play ball would you take deandre hopkins zach at 30 years old about to be 31 this summer over an age 27 Cortland sutton sutton did underperform obviously and we all have concerns about his his want and his focus and his drive but his contract is actually pretty reasonable deandre hopkins contract has a 30 million dollar cap hit for 2023 26 million in 2024 and then he'll be a free agent in 2025 when he's 33 great receiver though i think his prime is in the rearview mirror now and why would you trade a draft pick and why would you take on more salary when your receiving core is probably your only strength on the roster as it stands right now good point um we've got uh Flat Earth Trini jumping in. It's been a minute since we've seen Trini in the house. Appreciate you, brother. He says, what's up, fellas? So excited for all the changes in Mile High. Hoping we'll be the dark horse in the AFC West in the coming season. MHH rocks. Really appreciate that, man. Good to see you. Hope you've been well. And, yeah, ride that wave, man. It sucks that, uh, you know, everybody's been so traumatized by the uh, botched expectations of recent years, but I don't know, man, Sean Payton at least has that resume that you can sink your teeth into, right. That you can hang your hat on, so to speak. So we'll see, we'll see as a rule at MHH this year, we're trying to uh, not get too far out of our, over our skis in terms of uh, bold predictions and whatnot for the season. But I think Broncos fans should feel very confident in this team, at least being a dark horse in the AFC West. Absolutely. And if the Broncos are to be that dark horse and rise up the, uh, the the division in the AFC, they have to get the most out of Russell Wilson. And the butterfly effect here is the Broncos hired the best coach to get the most out of Russell Wilson in Sean Payton and to an extent Joe Lombardi as well. If they can't do it, nobody can. So Flat Earth, I appreciate the optimism and I echo it as well, though I'm not predicting any you know division titles in year one either. Um, Zach, on this subject, I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears for a second here. I wanted to ask you about something that, uh, that Sean Payton said about the new VP of player health and performance, Bo Lowry, where he called him quote unquote, a game changer. And I can get into some of the things that both Sean Payton said and George Payton, but how did that 
affect your opinion? Because we're still trying to learn as much as we can about Lowry's um, history and his resume, both in the NFL and uh, D1 football and the SEC. But did that – how does that make you feel about Bo Lowry, kind of overseeing everything with uh, Dan Dalrymple as the actual strength coach? Well, it was nice when I was writing the Randy Gregory story, which will be up on Facebook in about a half hour. Um, I noted at the bottom the overhauled strength and conditioning department and nutrition and sports science departments could help Gregory's bid to play better in 2023. And same goes for the 20 something Broncos that ended the year on injured reserve under Lauren Landau, who's become something of a martyr, by the way, in Broncos country for whatever reason. I, don't know much about Bo where I can comment specifically on his abilities or what he'll bring to the table. Same for Dow Rimple, if I'm finally getting that correct. But I more so appreciate what Greg Penner, George Payton, Rob Walton, the whole collective have done to make the team better. They've realized it's not just the quarterback. It's not just the coaching. It's not just one thing or another. What's added into that is the team can't stay healthy. And it's been consistent year in and year out. They've been decimated. Something had to change, and they're taking big swings for the fence. That I appreciate. Tom jumping in again. Thank you, brother. He says, looking at the roster to gain some picks, I think K.J. Hamler for a fourth and a sixth, and maybe Albert Okawebunam for a fifth, realistically. Thoughts on anybody else? Uh, Albert O., you might actually be able to turn for like a fifth-round pick conditional or something like that. Um, KJ Hamler, if he was coming off a year where he was, um, healthy for most of the season and was able to contribute, maybe you could turn him for a fourth, but I don't know. I don't think he has that much value on the trade market right now, just because he hasn't produced since arriving as a second round pick and he's been consistently injured. Anybody else, Zach, he wants to know here that, uh, could be trade bait for the Denver Broncos. I mean, Going through the roster in my head, Garrett Bowles, he's an, I guess, an option, but you can't overhaul the entire line in one offseason. Um, Simmons, I don't think they move on from. I'm just trying to think of the bigger name players that would draw some sort of capital that would warrant a trade and make it a win. Cortland Sutton. Sutton was the last one I had, but even then, I would keep that band together and hope they benefit Russell Wilson. Agreed. On the subject of Garrett Bowles, it was... Encouraging to hear George Payton say that the Broncos expect him to be healthy this season and available. Uh, he didn't, and this was something that Luke Patterson kind of picked up on, uh, reading between the lines and kind of gauging George Payton's tonality on the subject. But he said, quote, we need to upgrade at the offensive line. We do expect Bulls to be healthy. There are a lot of different ways to acquire any position, free agency, the draft. Just kind of depends on what's stronger. Is free agency stronger or the draft stronger? Obviously, we need an upgrade there. Again, he reemphasizes Zach on the O-line. With Dalton Reisner hitting free agency, the implication being that you got to upgrade Dalton Reisner as well as other spots on the offensive line. Do you interpret it the same way as Luke, and, and what do you think the future holds for Dalton Reisner? Well, with respect to Luke, I don't see the need to bring back Dalton Reisner. That's an easy decision for me is to let him walk. The Brett Rippon incident was the last straw. He was playing like cheeks before that the entire year. I mean, getting bullied on the point of attack chat, getting run over, demolished by opposing defensive tackles. He doesn't have it. 
He hasn't been good since 2019. He's been living off that hometown Colorado, you know, status for years now, and the Broncos should move on. So no brainer. Let him walk and see what's out there. He had two semi-positive years to open his career, and then two just not good. Not good. Yeah. And I just think that um, even though he ended up being the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, I think that ship had already sailed um, by the time that incident with Rippon happened. Uh, if it hadn't already sailed, I'm not sure he ends up getting that nomination. But I don't think the Broncos are in any hurry to re-sign Dalton Reiser. And it is kind of a bummer because, you know, you got the great story as far as him being a Wiggins guy and from the state and how badly he wanted to be a Bronco grew up, of course, rooting for the Broncos and stories. A lot of those same kind of emotional motifs and, and storylines that Philip Lindsay had when, when he was here, but the bottom line and the leadership and the community stuff, I mean, that's not nothing, but what have you produced? You haven't the last two years, you've been relatively consistent in terms of your availability, uh, but you just haven't gotten it done. Phil, he says, if Draymond Jones, leaves are Robinson Gaines and uh I always screw this name Onyamata uh, possible replacements what do you think Zach I think Zach Allen is the popular choice and it makes a lot of sense he would be probably half the price of Draymond Jones and he played under VJ um in Arizona uh Anyamata, though, if I'm not butchering that, has been a productive player as well sneaky good player I wouldn't mind him but uh, Zach Allen is a name to remember here um, Phil says that makes 57,000 stars this year so far. Go MHH, dude. You a legend. You're a legend, brother. Appreciate you. One of our great community mavens that proves every single night Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, Phil. So love you, big dog. Thank you very much. Um, Zach, I wanted to one last subject from, from Tuesday's media availability that I want to pick your brain on real quick. And I know we've already talked quite a bit the last few shows about uh, Vance Joseph since he was the hire at defense coordinator, but I thought it was interesting. I want to, I want to see what you infer from this. I'm going to actually go ahead and read this quote verbatim. George Payton, he arrived of course in Denver well past the uh, VJ era and has no experience with VJ. So it's interesting to hear him talk about the Vance Joseph hire. Here's what he said, quote, I've admired Vance from afar. I've never known him, heard a lot of really good things. We talked to a lot of different coaches, offensive coaches that have gone against Vance, and he's hard. He's hard to scheme against. He's hard to go against. He hasn't always been in the perfect situations. His defenses always play hard. They're hard to scheme against. They get after the quarterback. They're good in the pass game. They turn the ball over. So just talking to a lot of people in the league, I've always had respect for Vance. I think he's going to be great. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts? I mean, we openly wondered aloud what was the reason why VJ was chosen and not Rex or Patricia or Richard or Desai, and he answered that. Pretty much said that what VJ told him in the interview that they had blew him away, and that's what got him the job. He's appreciated, so he says, what he's done in the NFL, but what he's done in the NFL has mostly been mid as the kids would say, Chad, it's been average, mediocre. He's never led a top 10 unit, let alone top five, like Rex Ryan has. His defenses has, have consistently blown coverage to running backs and tight ends, a problem that continued in Arizona, by the way, not just in Denver. I don't personally see 
the attraction to VJ other than his selling points of his personality and what he could could bring to the table and not what he has brought to the table. Well said. Um, by the way, on the subject of uh, Reisner, this is good from Mr. Producer in the chat. Good storyline, right? Dalton Reisner being a Colorado boy, but storylines, they don't block Chris Jones. And if that wasn't uh, exemplified by that last meeting with the Broncos and the Chiefs, whatever it was, the week 17, where the Broncos actually had a chance at the end and that blown block inside. I honestly don't remember for sure if Reisner was on the field for that play, but I know for certain Graham Glasgow was at center and just got like steamrolled by Chris Jones. So yes, storylines aren't going to block the key interior guys that are going to be coming after Russ. You got to upgrade. Look, it's a brutal business. It's, it's, it's production-based business. And in that um, sense, Zach, you can't, you can't hang your hat on. You can't make decisions based on, man, wouldn't it be really swell if the Colorado boy ended up becoming a lifer Denver Bronco, like, Hey, in a perfect world, sure. But is he getting it done on game day? If everyone's honest with themselves on Dalton Reisner, it just hasn't been happening, especially the last two years. I, Scott, could you put this up for us for a second? I want to make my point. This is a tweet. I put it in the side chat there. Um, we're going to show you a replay of a game. It's against, who is that again? I can't even tell. It's blurry video quality, but it's, Reisner and Cushenberry attempting to block someone. Maybe we can't put it up, but people who haven't... There we go. Scott's got it. Watch this, guys. If it'll play. What is <laughs> Reisner doing? He's blocking his own man. One more time. Where is he going? What is Cushion? I mean, the blocking is so bad in the interior. How do you watch that? Someone mentioned PFF grades. I don't give a damn about your PFF grades. I have two eyes. I can see how bad Dalton Reisner is. You got to move on from that. It's pathetic. <laughs> he says, Iron Man, Reisner was the 42nd ranked offensive guard in the NFL this year with a 61.1 uh, pro football focus grade. Not only have we done our homework, we have eyes. He's been poor the last two years. Yep, that's the bottom line, gang. So if we're seeing that from the outside, what do you think the Broncos think? So when Sean – or pardon me, George Payton stands up there at the podium on Tuesday at the Combine where you've got a lot of different dudes that could end up solving that problem for you potentially, and he says, hey, we need to upgrade the O-line they need to upgrade the O-line. They need to upgrade. I mean, you're always looking to upgrade every position if you can. You can't every year, but you got to upgrade. You got to do the best you can this year, Zach, to upgrade left guard, center, and right tackle. I think Garrett Bowles comes back, and I think Garrett Bowles gives you still solid left tackle play. I like Quinn Miners at right guard, but there's still three spots. So Taylor wants to know, <clears throat> is there an offensive lineman that stands out in the draft? There are a lot. There are a lot of different options, but the problem is, where the Broncos are drafting for the first, you know, they they don't make their first pick till what is it, sixty-seven, and pick sixty-eight in the third round. So, you know, a lot will depend on how that shakes out uh, by the time you get there. But um, there's some guys are they like that Voorhees kid as an option for the Broncos, thinking that he might be there right around then. We'll see. 
I don't know, man. We'll see. That that does kind of limit the Broncos' ability to get like high impact day one interior guys for the O line, which is why Zach, I think they spend some money there in free agency this year. Yeah, I agree. You know, we have Donnie Wentz real quick saying that was one play chill, Zach, with Dalton Reisner. That was not one play, Donnie. That was one play that we highlighted. If you go back and watch Reisner's highlights or lack thereof from last year, it happened quite a bit. In terms of linemen in the draft, Broderick Jones, the Georgia tackle, he'll go too high. He won't be an option, but Steve Avila, the TCU center is a guy that's rising up a lot of draft boards. Again, you mentioned it, Chad, the Broncos might not be in the position to draft many starting capable linemen, but they have to go hard at that position, those positions throughout the process. They have to devote as many resources as they can to fixing those three spots. Guys, we're about out of time. We're about to dip out of here, but a shout out to Michael Ronquillo. Appreciate you, brother. You're the man. Seriously. Much love and respect. Send us in his uh, selfie, uh, rocking his new Greg Dulcich number 80 jersey that he won from being the February, uh, or pardon me, the January uh, Facebook giveaway um, raffle winner, which reminds me, Sunday, gang, we will be doing that all that stuff for announcing who the Super Chat winner is for the month of February and Facebook. So make sure you uh, are butts in seats. Sunday at 6 p.m. But, guys, we got a few more messages, and then we're going to dip out of here. I guess we'll grab Phil real quick. Hey, Chad, with all the great lady supporters on MHH, when are we getting a woman back on the pod? I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, uh, you know, we're always looking, always keeping our ear to the floor. If you know somebody um, that, that is in the field, send me a message. We got Tom really quickly at the buzzer coming in. Dollar ninety nine super. Thank you, Tom. He goes, "What I would do to go back and draft Abraham Lucas." Chad and I were there in Vegas, and when they used their picks on Nick Benito and Greg Dulcich, we were um, unhappy to say the least. But that's the past. The Broncos have to move forward. They can't make the same mistake twice. Whether it's free agency or the draft, somehow they have to come away with at least four or five new offensive linemen and three new starters along that line. But that's going to do it, guys, for the MHH podcast this evening. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want the new Buckham t-shirt or Buckham mug or any of the wide variety of Buckham apparel that we have, go to MHHmerch.com and check out our inventory. We have coaching, coaching, coaching. We have hats. We got things that you see each and every day so check it out if you haven't done so and also facebook.com slash mile huddle pod be sure you're liking that page following that page if you haven't as well go to apple podcast and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that buck merch each and every month but if anything please 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 subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like that it does. It's funny when you said Bucka merch, I was off on another tab pulling up our shout outs for Super Chat and Facebook for tonight. And my ear heard like swear word, like perked up. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen you two with a it's B. Uh, all right. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. David Kilgore throwing down. Tom throwing down. David Wilder in the house. Duke Rose. Appreciate you. Mike Stafford. Gary, the swashbuckler Palmer. Flat Earth Trini, Taylor Christensen, much love and respect. And on Facebook, Phil McLaughlin, Michael Ronquillo, 
Colby C. Collier, much love and respect. We appreciate you guys more than we can say, honestly. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, have a great weekend. Tomorrow morning, don't forget, you got Legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall, Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, and Saturday night, another edition of the Orange and Blue View. Hopefully no mic problems and, and, and uh, you know, headphone hearing problems. Last two shows, we've had some bugs to work out for the Orange and Blue, but those guys, it's, it's going to be a great show as they continue to get their footing. So, And then Zach and I, we're back in the saddle Sunday night. We'll do the giveaway announcements for YouTube, Facebook, and Apple Podcasts. So can't wait to see you then. See you all Sunday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.